This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Knife Talk is sponsored by Evenheat, the manufacturer of the finest knife heat treat ovens available. Find your next heat treat oven at evenheat-kiln.com. So welcome to Knife Talk. Now today I'm having a chat with Bob from Bob Rankin Custom Knives. Hey Bob, how are you? I'm fantastic. How about yourself? I'm very, a bit cold, but I'm very good. (laughs) (laughs) So, So tell us a little bit about yourself, Bob. Well, I, uh, Decided, I think, in April to start making knives, and I've been a welder my whole life, so it's kind of a natural step to work with metal. Yeah, yeah. So, so why knives? Why from from welding? Why why then pick knives? Well, I started with Damascus. As looked at it as another type of welding, you know, and it just kind of snowballed from there. I guess forged and fire and YouTube finally made it possible. Yes, yeah, and and there is so much out there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there is. I, I couldn't have done it before. I don't know any other knife makers. Right. Okay. Okay. So describe your sort of style. Do you have a specific style of knife that you like to make? Um, not yet. I, I, hunting knives and kitchen knives are pretty much all I've done. I haven't made a ton of them yet. Yes. Yeah. And, and do, do you sell them? Do you have customers? Yes, I do. So it goes pretty much on what they want. That's what I make. Great. Great. That's I'm finding that a bit of a drag at the moment, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's a case of... I like to make a knife and put it up on the website to sell because it's a knife that I've sort of designed and it's it's all my own choices in there, you know. Um, but unfortunately, which I suppose is a good problem to have, I'm having a lot of commissions. Um, but I just find, I don't know, I don't enjoy them. I really don't. I see them as work. <laughs> I kind of enjoy having that conversation with the customer, though, yeah. and finding what they want because most of the time it's just because of the Damascus is why they want a custom knife. So I had one customer who had a deer he shot, and um, I used an antler off each side for two knives for him, one for each of his sons. So stories like that are what I really enjoy, something I know people are going to cherish for their yeah, lifetime. Yeah, very personal. Yes, yeah. So, so most people come into knife making from a uh, – starting with stock removal, like myself. I, I still just do stock removal. Um, but you've, you know, you've just gone straight in and forging with your sort of welding background. Yes. Well, I enjoyed building my equipment, you know, and that was part of the challenge. I hammered one out by hand and decided I need to make more more stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And and you've been very kind to send me some Damascus too, which I can't wait to make a knife with. Um, I think I've said on the show in the past that I'm not the biggest fan of Damascus, um, but I'm pretty sure this may change my mind. (laughs) Well, I... I like making the steel almost as much as I like making the knives and to see what somebody else can do with my steel, I think would be, uh, 
really neat to do. Cool, cool. Yeah, well, I, I shall certainly keep you posted. I'm sure it'll be all over Instagram <laughs> once I uh, once I start making it. So, so tell us about the someone like myself who hasn't really done any forging, uh, or nothing with regards to knife making anyway. What would be the the minimum amount of equipment required to start forging my own steel for the blades? Well, I, I guess it depends on how determined you are. You know, um, you've probably seen the videos where they do Damascus with wire and a forge and hammer it together. Yes, um, myself, yeah. um, I just needed a $150 welder off Amazon. I built my forge and burners. And like I said, the first one I made hammering it by hand, and I got to all, I think, of 20 layers on that one. <laughs> and I thought something's got to change. So now I, have a, I built a 24-ton uh, forging press. Right, okay. Also. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so and then all the other knife making stuff that you have, other than that, you know, you have all that stuff. Grinders, that kind of thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so tell us about that very first knife that you made. That's my favorite one to date. I still use it in my shop all the time. And, um, I went through a lot of propane and a lot of trial and error, but I got it to stick and, you know, it's kind of ugly, but still my favorite. <laughs> So, so how many are you making sort of average on a week now then? Oh, it's more like a couple a month maybe, I, th- I think. Um, mm. I work a lot, so it depends on how much time I have. and um, It depends on the orders I have coming in and stuff like that. Yes. I yeah. just finished one today. That was nice to finally finish something. I did see <laughs> on Instagram, actually, yes. Very nice. Very nice. That was my first repeat customer also. He uh, ordered that for his dad for Christmas. Oh, great stuff. Great. So, so talking about Damascus again, because as I say, all your knives are Damascus. Um, we've talked about the equipment that you know someone like myself would need to maybe start forging my own steel. Uh, but what advice would you have uh, for someone like me who would be basically new to blacksmithing? Well, um, be patient and watch lots of YouTube videos. I mean, obviously, Alex Steele. Um, his take on Damascus, I, I think I started watching him about the same time I got into it and he was under a hundred thousand subscribers. So I think the, um, desire to, to see that type of material, um, really drove me. Yes. Yeah. I, I think he's just on a 500,000 layer, um, Katana as well, hasn't he? Yeah. And he's already up to over half a million subscribers, you know, with, between his personality and, uh, quality of work he does it's it's he's very entertaining to watch and to learn from he is he is i just love the comments reading the comments there because <laughs> it's like, can you make a damascus wardrobe you know it's everything right. can you make a damascus whatever <laughs> well and i guess that's the thing i mean if you can make it out of steel you can make it out of damascus right yeah exactly 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 so so tell us about your your setup do you do you work from home or do you do you have a a, a garage or do, a special shop that you work from well, my very patient wife uh, put up with me. I'm set up in our garage um, where I can pull everything out as I need it and put it back and still use it to park the cars in in the winter. But, uh, yeah, I have everything on wheels so I can get it to where I need it other than my press. And uh, it's worked out very well so far. And that's got to be pretty big, that press, yeah. Well, uh, actually, it's fairly compact. It's it's it, uh I was very happy with how that one turned out. <laughs> so so you, I see, you know, on things like Forged in Fire, they're either going for a, a big, big sort of power hammer or a press. As a beginner, what, what would you recommend? A press. Really? Right, okay. Yeah. Um, for one, it's you can build one. 
Um, they're a lot cheaper. They're a lot quieter for neighborhoods. And they're probably a little safer for somebody that's never been around something like that. Um, I was fortunate enough to go check out uh, one of our service centers has a power hammer. And I haven't got to work with it yet, but I got to see it and see how it works. And I think that you could get yourself in trouble pretty quick with one of those. <laughs> Very hot steel and a big, massive hammer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it sounds dangerous to me. <laughs> so, so tell us about some of the mistakes that you made maybe at the beginning on those on those first few knives that you've made. Um, I think the the biggest thing was not getting my material hot enough and getting it to stick. Um, you really have to get that billet hot to get it to stick. Um, and then of course, you know, the grinding mistakes that I probably hope everybody else has had where the plunge lines are wrong or, um, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. And I mean, those are the kind of things that just come with practice, aren't they? You know, you can just, just keep on grinding and eventually it'll click one day. Right. Now I've been pretty fortunate. I haven't uh, had to scrap too many cause you have a few hours, three or four or five hours into a billet already. It's that one hurts when you have to th- stop working on it and start over. <laughs> I can imagine. So th- that's a good point, actually, the time that it takes to forge to forge your own billets. So let's say a typical chef knife, sort of maybe 30 centimetres, 12 inches long. Um, how many hours would go into one of your knives? Um, it depends on how I do it. I- I've done both. I've forged by hand, and then I've also made a, a piece of stock like I sent you. Um, and I have a lot more success with stock removal after I forged that stock. Um, I'm not, I'm not a blacksmith yet. <laughs> mm. I still have a long way to go, but I imagine 15 or 20 hours. Hmm. Nice. Okay. Okay. So the skills that you've now acquired then, so you're making your own billets and so on. Um, is that linked in any way to your, to your normal day job? Do you have uh, a job where you're working with your hands or is it just something to take yeah. you away from your day job? Um, well, I think that it started as I'm not much of an artist, but I always wanted to have an artistic outlet, and something about knives just uh, agreed with me. I can draw them. I can make that a reality in steel, and I think that my I, I, being a welder, a boilermaker, and a power plant, that carried over into not being afraid of hot steel hmm. um, and, and being able to gr- know how to see cracks and to grind and, and things like that. Yes, yeah. You, you just mentioned about drawing the knives. Um, with regards to sort of the design, um, you may have meant drawing the steel, but I mean, I mean I'm talking about drawing as in design. Um, do you generally sort of have an idea where you're going to go with a knife, or do you just let the steel decide? Uh, both. It depends on what I'm doing. Um, if, if I have an order for something specific, I typically do like a stock removal and and draw it on paper ahead of time to get an idea of proportions to make sure the handle's the right size, things like that. But if I'm going to forge one, obviously, at that point, I'm steel does what it wants to do. Hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I only asked that question because I was just looking this week at um, Jeff Fader's Instagram, um, and he does these amazing drawings of his knives. Um, I, I think they're watercolors, actually, of the knives, which he then sends along with a knife to the customer. Um, and they're fantastic. So it's, it's a really nice sort of artifact to have along with the knife, you know. Them are the skills that uh, I wish that I had. I wish I had that artistic <laughs> ability to be able to to really draw and and to just to be able to do that would be that would be amazing. Yes, yeah, yeah. So so let's talk about your your process a little bit. Um, do you generally make a billet, then go right through to make a knife, or do you make a series of billets? Then do you 
do you sort of shape a bunch of knives then finish a bunch of knives how, how do you normally work um well i'm still developing all my processes and as i go typically i like to work on one knife at a time from start to finish um now i have gotten to the point now where i think making stock ahead of time will probably be the way i go but i, I made that pair of knives and that was brutal time trying to make two of the same knife you know that I don't have the skills for that yet. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I've just actually finished a, a set of chef knives for a customer. Um, and what I did there was really simple, really. Um, so uh, sort of drew out on tape on, on, the, on the steel, the shape that I wanted on one blade. Um, I then just hot glued two, two bullets together. Um, so when I'm doing my, my shaping out on the grinder, um, they're both being shaped to exactly the same size. Um, and you can literally just prise them apart then. You know, oh, that's a good idea. So, so, so you know they're going to be – the dimensions are going to be exactly the same with each, with each knife. Um, right. So, yeah, that, that, that did work. But, uh, yeah, if you're trying to do more than two or three, I'd imagine that, that could be difficult. Well, I, I did two with antler handle hidden tangs that I wanted to have the blade basically the same shape, and that was tough. But I got through it. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you find working with, with antler? Um, I've tried bone in the past, and I just found it very sort of porous, and it split very easily. Uh, how does antler feel? Well, um, I stabilize it all with cactus juice first. So um, that that's another skill that you had that you have to learn to. Mm. to be, I, I wanted to. Um, I want them to have a quality product when I'm done, and I want it to look like it was made in a garage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you're stabilizing it, do, do you still get that horrible sort of burnt hair smell when you're grinding it? Um, I haven't really noticed it too bad, no. Right, okay. Okay, cool, cool. So you mentioned that um, you don't really know any knife makers in your, in your area. No. Nope. Um, so, so everything you've learned has been via, as you say, YouTube um, and seeing what other people are doing. Who are the people that you're learning from? Who, who are the people that you're sort of regularly tuning into? Well, that that was one of the re- reasons I was excited to come on your show here. Um, <laughs> basically, everybody you've had, you know, Alex Steele, Walter Sorrells, Jeremy from Simple Little Life, you know, Liam Hoffman. D- I did see your knife was on Jeremy's uh, viewers' knives this week, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And, you know, he's really be- he has a lot of that. I'm glad to see how popular that is for him. I think that was uh, the first couple knives I made. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool, cool. And then, uh, of course um, – Mike from Ecom Knives, I think his video is. I, I really like the way he grinds the chef knives with no plunge lines, and that made it possible for me to make some of those. Yeah, yeah, he did a great tutorial on that actually, didn't he on YouTube? Oh, he did a couple he of did. years ago, and that's yeah, that's that's why I do my knives that way, simply from his tutorial, which is great. So, c- can you tell us about? I always wonder about about the heat treat. How accurate you can be with a heat treat if you're just using your forge? Um, I assume you're using your forge for the heat treat. You don't have a, an oven. Uh, no, I, um, this is going to make you really jealous, <laughs> but, uh, I have an even heat. Oh, you do too. And, okay. And okay. I was able to, um, go pick it up. They live about, their, their shop is about two hours north of me. Now so. I'm jealous. <laughs> I had to wait. Well, mine was stuck in customs for over a month, <laughs> just in customs for a month. You know, it was, yeah, 
Yeah, I was, I was chuckling at the one interview you were talking about getting one, and and I, I had just picked mine up, and I, I you know I was like oh, I wish I could call him and tell him that I just got to go drive <laughs> up along the Lake Huron and pick mine up. So. Very nice. They're great guys there as well. Really great. They sure guys. are. They sure. Yeah. yeah. But it's just that I see a lot of um, knife makers who sort of forge their own steel, um, and you know you see it on on the likes of Forging Forging New Fire and so on, um, where they're just judging the heat um, before they before they quench. Um, so I'm assuming that's based on on the color of the steel, and you just get to know your you know your your forge over time. Well, yeah, it's the color of the steel, um, just past magnetic, right? Mm. Just just past critical. Um, I, I was successful with that a few times, and um, not having a Rockwell tester, you can only guess by recipes online. Um, yes, th- yeah. That that's the part that worried me is not having that type of control yeah yeah well i i don't yet have a rockwell test that i'm just about to order one um but there's a place just, just sort of 20 minutes down the road from here which which i can go and, and take batches and, and check um but i'm really interested in being able to check and just make very small tweaks just to see what difference that makes you know um you know, yeah how... i think a lot of that comes from probably the temper yes poss- possibly yes yeah yeah um, I did build a, a, a little temper oven as well with a little sort of um, temperature control unit on it as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm just really interested in just those those little tweaks just to get those extra bit of hardness out, you know? Well, I think that that's where you go from nice to excellent, and I think that to justify a price of a custom knife, you have to be excellent. Yes, yeah. Do you follow Jack Law Knives on, on YouTube? No, I don't. Um, a guy called Sandy, so he does these... Very sort of um, sort of standard looking bushcraft knives, uh, beautiful things. Uh, but he's incredibly geeky about about um, heat treat and so on. Um, yeah, so that that's definitely one to watch. So Jack Law, J A K L O R E, Jack Law knives. Look that up. Yeah, and and he's a great guy. He does great videos, and he's been making knives for years. And um, yeah, really really cool guy. <laughs> that's one thing nice about the internet. Every time you think you're getting good at something, all I have to go is go on Instagram and instantly get humbled. <laughs> exactly, <you know? laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, but but it's such a great community because I mean I don't think you see plumbers getting together and telling each other about their latest sort of wrench techniques. You know, um, no, I don't. don't. <laughs> it, does, it, it doesn't happen. They keep their secrets to themselves. Um, but everything it, is so supportive, and you know it's exciting when somebody follows you and you can follow them back and somebody's actually actually interested in what you're doing exactly exactly yeah it's 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 great i love it and you know the community being so welcoming to me because you know up until about two years ago i was sort of making knives on my own didn't really realize there was a community out there um but yeah it's fantastic well i think it's great how much you you do for the community to give back you know and um it's nice to because during your interviews, you get to hear that pretty much everybody started the same way in their garage with the bare amount of tools. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, even even talking to you know some of the, some of the knife makers that have been making for you know ten twenty years, they had to start somewhere. Um, right. But yeah, it's just so nice that they that they're sharing their you know their, what they do and so on. So so let's talk about your 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 steels of choice. What are your what are you generally using to make your knives with? Uh, I make my Damascus out of 1084 and 15 and 20. Right. So that it's, it's a blend of those. Um, I have aspirations of um, I think it's 410 stainless. I have, and I want to make um, 
52100. Uh, um, now I'm stuck. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sanmai. Ah, like right, yes. Sanmai. That, that'll be a challenge, and I think it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm starting to see sort of commercial uh, stainless Damascus now as well, I've seen. Um, and I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to think of the name of that. Um, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen it being sold occasionally, just very, yes. very, very expensive. I've seen someone like Alpha Knife Supply and stuff sells a lot of that custom stuff like that. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, you so know. when you're not in the, when you're not in work and you and you're not forging away, what you what you generally like to do to relax away from the forge? Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I work, you know, usually around fifty, sixty hours a week. So by the time I get everything done around the house, and I kind of go out in the shop to relax. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people do it for that reason as well. They don't see it as work. It's just simply, you know, a way to switch off and, and, and to use your hands. Well, I found that if it starts feeling like work, that's when I have to take a break because <laughs> you make mistakes, you get in a hurry. and Yeah, which is pretty much what, what has happened to me the last sort of two weeks. I've, I think I've spent two days in the shop, um, and I think it's just a combination of, as I say, having a lot of orders come in that i can't really be too creative with you know right. so it's just it's just sort of grinding through them and banging them out and i i just don't feel that connected to the knives um so yeah so i've taken probably about 10 10 12 days out of the shop um i went back in yesterday and yeah it all feels new again so it's great i just feel really sort of invigorated again you know right sometimes you have to do that you have to step away and things go faster and better when you're want to do it yeah i i agree i agree i agree so so what are you finding challenging if anything um in, in knife making well i think i think the most challenging thing is finding time but um for me the is grinding the bevels you know getting the the plunge lines and the bevels the way i want them to be you know i, I can get them to a point where most people wouldn't notice but i see every mistake myself yes yeah are you using jigs or is it completely freehand uh, I've tried jigs. I haven't had really good success. I've actually had better luck freehand. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much the same with me. So, you know, learned freehand. Um, tried a jig, and at first I thought, this is fantastic. Why isn't anybody using using jigs? Um, but you soon learn that, that it's got its its restrictions, you know, and it just doesn't feel as, as sort of free. Right. So so what so what's next? Um, so you're you're making knives a couple of months, um, and you're you're managing to sell them. Um, do you have plans for this to be a a full time job, or is it always going to be a hobby? What's what's the plan? Um, I think that it'll probably stay a hobby. Hmm. I would like for it to replace some of the overtime I work. That'd be all right. <laughs> um, and I just want to enjoy it. I like having a hobby that can kind of sustain itself and finance itself and grow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really finances itself? You don't have a big shopping list of equipment that you want like everybody else? <laughs> like I said, my wife has been so patient this year. Um, <laughs> I, eventually, I'd like to have a dedicated shop where I wouldn't have to roll everything out. Um, and obviously, a power hammer would be amazing. Yes, um, yeah. Rockwell tester, stuff like that. But as far as what I need right now, um, I'm, I'm actually pretty good shape right now. Cool, cool. Okay. So so what's your, your sharpening routine once you finished your knife? Um, I use the Wicked Edge sharpening system. Um, I had seen a video from Jeremy from Simple Little Lives, and 
that made sense to me, so I went with that system. That guy's a sharpening freak. I think he's got every system ever made for sharpening. <laughs> right. And when he said that Wicked Edge is his favorite, why, well, you know, how do you argue with that? Exactly. He's tried everything else, yeah. <laughs> so, so you do. You, you use a Tormac, right? Yes, yeah, so I use a Tormac for, for all of my sharpening. Um, it's great because it works with, you know, sort of longer chef knives and you get various jigs for different kinds of tools like axes and so on. Um, I just get really good results with them, and they're you know they're pretty much repeatable as well. So it's yeah, it certainly makes sense to me. But to be honest with you, I haven't really tried anything else. Um, I know Jeremy uses a, a paper wheel, doesn't he? Which you know, yeah. I, I'm, I may try one day. But I'm I'm, I'm just very happy with the Tormac. Let's talk about one of our sponsors, Tormac. To get great razor sharp and repeatable edges, you're going to need a Tormac. To find out more, go to Tormac.com, which is T-O-R-M-E-K.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. It's hard to try something new when what you have is working for you. Yes, yeah. And, you know, who knows? I may get, you know, better results or, you know, different results. I don't know. But, yeah, it, it works for me. So that's, you know, that's the way I'll I mean, stick for now. There's something about um, after spending that much time on a knife for myself to sit down with the, with the Wicked Edge, that's just very relaxing. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I, I know what you mean. The, the sharpening process is, not much can go wrong. Um, so, yeah, you can just sort of take your time. The bit that I hate, which I think I've spoken about before, is is, is etching, is etching a, you know, a logo, a maker's mark on, on the knife. Because <laughs> if that goes wrong, you, you're right back to sort of sanding again. And, oh. so, well, yeah. I, I, have a, I have a funny story about that. Um, my cousin was getting married and my wife had suggested i make her a knife for a wedding so i made her it's the only chef knife i made that was a full eight inch chef knife and i went all out with ebony handles and the um uh copper pins and liners and all that and so i had buckeye and gravy make me a hot stamp and i stamped hers upside down Oh jeez! And there's no way coming back from that, you know. You could so, you could have sharpened the back edge and right. <laughs> made, it a, made it a dagger, maybe. Oh, that was that was pretty. Well, I, I I typically do my hot stamp during my first normalizing cycle mm. because um, it's already ground to the thickness I need. I don't worry about grinding it out or making it um, unnoticeable, you know. So. There was no going back. Yep. But I'm glad it was a gift, not uh, for somebody who was paying for it, because I'd have had to start over. <laughs> who knows? One day it could be worth a lot more money. Who knows? Well, there you go. <laughs> so, so let's talk about your. We've talked about your your steel. I mean, do you have a favorite scale material now that you work with? Um, you mentioned antler. Um, I, I never really intended to get into the antler. That was uh, the first knife I sold. The customer had a shed that they wanted it made out of, so I had to learn how to use antler for the first knife I sold. Hmm. Um, uh, I, I'm honestly enjoying um, natural hardwoods. I um, I don't know if you follow Casting Kings on Instagram. Um, he approached me about making him a knife. He makes like a um, uh, the um, the wood in um, aluminite resin uh, hybrid scales. Oh, right, yes. Some of them are beautiful. I don't actually follow him, so I, I will need to because um, I've just got into doing that myself. He was a great guy. Um, he was my first Instagram customer, and he approached me. He wanted me to make a knife for him um, with the scales he made, so we worked out a deal, and um, I just got to see uh, first customer feedback photo when he used my knife to um, cut up his turkey for Thanksgiving, so that was really neat. <laughs> Very nice. 
Very nice. <laughs> so, so what's on your bench today? You've just mentioned that you, you finished um, a set of knives. Um, so what, um, what's the current project? Well, I, I just finished a, a little hunter tonight or today for um, a repeat customer. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going to go from here. I think I have one more uh, antler knife that uh, a person wanted. I have to make sure before I get started on that. Um, if not, I'll just start making something for myself. Yes, yeah. And I, I don't know whether I said this earlier, but I'm just wondering whether you you generally try to keep to the same style or each knife is completely unique in shape and, uh, you know, and purpose. I think that I, I tend to – you'll see a repeat mm-hmm. in my style. I like the drop point yeah. for some, some reason. It just – I like the way it looks, the lines on it, a little bit of belly in my handles. Um, it just – what I tend to be, see aesthetically pleasing – um, I like, to, I would like to try, um, I, I did one chef knife for my wife that was a little bit more Japanese style. Hmm. Um, I just, I like clean lines, um, whatever I, I'm in the mood for, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm just finding Japanese chef knives at the moment. I mean, they have been for years, but they're just so popular at the moment. So most of the commissions that I'm doing are Japanese chef knives, but I, Personally, I prefer sort of a, a more of a classic sort of French or a Western style chef knife, you know. Um, <laughs> and that, you know that's the way things go. That's what people want, and it's not what I want to be doing. But you know, right? Well, I made um, my wife that more of a Japanese style chef knife, hmm. and she actually wanted more of a Western chef knife. So oh, now right. I get to make her another one. Oh, you know? nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Christmas present sorted for you now. You can just right, make, make right. the knife, and you're done. <laughs> So I'm going to wrap up with the same final question that I ask everybody. Um, and I think particularly for you, I think it's going to be nice to hear y- y- what, your, what your answer is. Um, so with all the resources out there for knife makers, um, where do you find your inspiration and from whom? Well, I find my inspiration on Instagram, you know, even if it's not my style that I do, mm. um, like Nick Anger, you know, yeah. Uh, Jerry Fisk, those guys fit and finish. It's, it's just unbelievable, you know. Um, all those guys on Instagram that that doesn't matter the style. I want to get to that level of fit and finish that yes, a lot of these yeah. guys have. But you know, and then all the other guys, as um, Clark Blade Works and Cool Time Me and Kane Customs and DP Customs, mm-hmm. Hatcher Knives. It's, their their attention to detail is just something I can only strive for. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's just so much inspiration out there. So, you know, and I have so far to go, um, and that's one of the reasons I, I like making the steel stock. If mm. somebody wants a steel stock, I'll make it for them just to see what they can do with that steel. Because not everybody will have the um, the ability, the the time to make Damascus, but seeing what they could do with it I, I, I that sounds like fun yeah yeah okay great and as i say i'm i'm really looking forward to using the damascus that you sent me um i'm sure it's gonna it's gonna make a a beautiful knife beautiful so <laughs> so that's that's a great list you've given us um i'll put all of those in the in the show notes and um and i think it's that time for me to just thank you for taking the time out um we've tried to schedule this call so many times um and we've finally managed to do it and i know it's been a busy weekend for you because obviously it's thanksgiving over in the states so thank you so much for taking the time out and hopefully we'll speak again soon 
Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to come on and let people know that you can do it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.